So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Outpost Heaven, the podcast. We're super excited to have you here with us. Uh, as always, my name is Andrew. It hasn't changed. I know you were expecting to change. Here's my wife. Let's see if she can hold in her, her laughing to introduce herself. No, I can't. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Emily. Excuse me, I have a little frog in my throat all day, but hoping he'll jump out soon. So yeah, that's <laughs> how that works. Kind of um, we're really excited to have my friend from middle school, Riley Weisman, here. Although in my head, she's Riley Esco, but it's fine. We'll call her Riley Weisman. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been friends since middle school when we lived in the same area in Pennsylvania. So we've known each other for a long time. We stayed in touch a little bit, and. Um, I'm just really excited to talk to her today about her experience being a mother and a law school student. Um, so hi, Riley. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. I always think that the intro part is just so like stress inducing mm-hmm. because you're like, I hope I say the right things and I hope I don't sound dumb and I don't like <laughs> the way my voice sounds on recording. So it's just like, you always have to get past that. But I'm really grateful that you guys are having me on your podcast. I love your podcast. So I'm just really excited. Um, Let's see about myself. Um, I've been married for almost three years. Um, Congratulations. And, oh, thank you. Um, to my husband, Luke. And he actually, um, kind of a side note, served his mission in Russia as well. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. Yep. I don't think I knew that. Maybe you told me a long time ago, but I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So he served in the um, Rostov Rostov mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, your grandparents served there too, right? Yeah. My aunt and uncle. uncle, Yeah. They were the mission presidents of, I think your mission, the Moscow. Yeah. The Sorensons. Oh yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh man. I am on a side note. It's going to be a little bit more, but I'm, so I was super sad to see that he, he passed away recently. Yeah. Yeah. Was he ever your guys' mission president? He was my mission president. So okay. he, uh, he was my mission president for just a transfer, but he did oh. like my, my entry interview and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I never met him. Yeah. He was super, super nice. And being a being a new missionary is very very difficult, right? And getting adjusted is very very difficult. And he was always so patient with me, even when I had like ridiculous questions or concerns. He was so awesome. It was always you. He was one of those people that you always felt loved after speaking with him, right? Like there are some leaders in the church when you talk to them, you're like, I I feel inspired to be better. But he was one who always made you feel loved. So. He did an awesome job and the, the members there still talk about him and love him. Oh, so. really? Yeah. It was, it was really sad when he passed. I wasn't able to go out to his funeral, but uh, my mom was able to go out. And then my sister, Abby and Max are both in school in Utah. So they were able to go. Uh-huh. Out to um, but yeah, he was a really great guy. I love, obviously I loved him. I'm not going to say that I didn't love him, but I do. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> and yeah. He's great. So now it's just, you know, Corinne, his wife, and then, you know, her kids, most of her kids still live in Utah. So she's still surrounded by family. So that's awesome. That's good. Okay. So back to you, Riley. Um, so you have a little girl. Yep. I have a daughter named Ava. She's almost 10 months old. So I think she's a little, she's like two or three weeks younger than your youngest. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess you're pregnant again, so not really, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then let's see, um, my husband and I moved from Utah to Michigan. So now we live, um, in a suburb outside of Detroit. Um, and he's going to medical school at Wayne state university, and I'm going to law school at the university of Detroit mercy. Um, so that's been a whirlwind. That's <laughs> um, busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're, a little, we're just a tad busy here. Um, let's see. I like to go outside when it rains and I don't know what else you want to know about me. That's really <laughs> what my life is right now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. 
Um, well, how did you meet your husband? How did you meet Luke? So, um, so my parents, so after Emily and I lived in um, Pennsylvania, it was weird because we both, both our families moved in at the same time relatively. And then we, both our families moved out of the area at the same time. Mm-hmm. So after Emily moved, I think you guys moved to Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then we moved to uh, Boston and after my first year of college at BYUI, um, I decided to move home. And so I went back home to Boston and, um, you know, the church out in, in the East on the East coast is, and probably, I don't know about Louisiana, if it's that, is it huge there or not really? No, it's, it's like in Texas, it's huge. And then mm-hmm. in Louisiana, it's itty bitty. Yeah. Okay. But so, we do have a temple, so that's good. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, so out where I used, you know, out in Boston, the stake boundaries are huge. So, mm-hmm. um, so I had to drive 45 minutes to go to my YSA ward. And so, um, I was driving to my YSA ward one day and, um, I was, you know, trying to be spiritual and, you know, listen to only spirit quote unquote spiritual music that would uplift me and mm-hmm. all of a sudden i had this feeling like you need to actually go to the ysa in cambridge which isn't part of my state boundaries and i don't know why everyone's so strict about boundaries like i get it but i don't and so i was like no it's not i don't know anyone there i'm not gonna go that's so weird and so i kept driving and then it hit me again like you need to turn around and go to cambridge and so I was like, okay, fine. So I, I turned around and I went to Cambridge, which is, was about the same distance from my house. So it really wasn't a big difference, a big deal. So, you know, I'm sitting in church by myself in sacrament meeting and <clears throat> sacrament meeting already started. And then I hear the door open in the back and I like turn to look and it's Luke coming in. And so I was like, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> And he had, and it was in the middle of summer and he had ridden his bike to church. So he's like drenched in sweat, you know, super <laughs> looking. And I instantly, I didn't tell him this until after, cause I didn't want to be like super creepy, but I knew that I was going to marry him right when I saw him. Oh my and, gosh. But I was already dating somebody else. So I was like, Hmm, I have to figure out <laughs> how this is going to go. <laughs> um, so then, cause he was, um, shameless plug. He was at Harvard doing his internship. So he was going to Utah state at the time, got an internship at Harvard. Cause that's where his uncle works. That's not the reason he got in. He's very smart, but heard about <laughs> like, it that's why them. he applied there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, so then he came for the summer and that was just the ward he happened to be in. And mm-hmm. then so then I met him and then I got my record switched thankfully to that YSA branch. And so I got to see him every Sunday for like three months. And then I transferred to the university of Utah after I, after BYUI, because I, I know you guys went there. I did not like it. So BYUI, huh? Yeah. 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 I didn't go to BYUI. I I I did. I loved it personally, but I know a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. I I tried real hard to like it and I just couldn't. (laughs) um, That's okay. And yeah, that's fine. And so, um, so then, so then I went out to the U and then my husband went to Utah state. So then we started dating right when I got out there and we've known each other for seven years now. So we've just dated ever since and have been married at the same time. Yeah. Well, I love that. That's such a good story and way to follow a spiritual prompting. Good on you. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So why did you decide to go to law school? Have you always wanted to be a lawyer? What, what is your plan and how much longer do you have left and all those things? It's a lot of questions. I know. So one <laughs> big question. It's very um, loaded. No, I'm just kidding. So um, I think deep down, I wanted to be a lawyer for a really long time, but um, I don't know. I think I did it to myself where I thought there was this expectation that I needed to go to medical school. And so I pushed myself really hard to go 
fun fact about me, I can't have people touch my forearms and I can't touch other people's forearms and I can't do blood and (laughs) everything that you need to like, or be able to do as a doctor, I just can't (laughs) handle. So, (laughs) um, so when I was at the U, I took a class, um, a clinical research class where I got to go into the go into primary children's emergency room. And Mm -hmm. while the the kids were in their rooms, I had to go in there and be like, Hey, do you want to, to the parents, obviously, Hey, do you want your child to participate in a study? It was awful. I hated it, but it was like, (laughs) you know, good experience. Um, I also had to go into labor and the labor and delivery wing when women went into actual labor and be like, do you want to participate in this study? It was ha- now like, having- uh, no, oh, I'd like man. to give birth, please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> not actually having birth myself. I'm like, if anyone came into my room and said, would you like to participate in a study? People would. Be Did dead. you have a lot of people say yes? So no. So what I actually did, which was probably not good is, so we had like this pager and it would say, so-and-so is going into labor head up there. And I would pretend like I didn't see it in time. So then it it just wouldn't (laughs) be able to happen. So (laughs) okay. Um, So one day when I was there, cause I, I had shifts from like midnight to 6 a.m. sometimes. And so one day when I was there, um, they had an emergency, I mean, it's the emergency room, but they had this kid come in because he had tried to commit suicide in juvie. Mm -hmm. Probably like 12. And, but I didn't know that at the time. So I was going to go into his room to ask his parents permission if he could join a study. And as I walked up to the room, all I saw was like police officers and he was handcuffed to the bed. Um, And in that moment, I was like, you know, a doctor can't help this kid at all, but a lawyer could, you know, getting him out of juvie, you know, like all this stuff like went through my head. And so that's when I was like, I'm done with the medical stuff. I'm going to go into law. So I switched my major and everything after I took that class. Um, And then when I got to law school, I thought that I would um, either like go into big law, which is like corporate law where you make very nice money (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, all that stuff or contract law or whatever. But recently I decided that my calling, which makes me sound kind of like, (laughs) like crunchy and granola, but I Mm -hmm. decided that I'm going to work for a zoo in their conservation program, a program that makes me sound like I'm 16 in like their conservation (laughs) department (laughs) where Mm -hmm. I would be concerned with the contracts of the transportation of the animals, what animals need to be at our zoo. um, If they have enough space in the zoo. So like property stuff and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I am focusing on. So it would be like environmental law, contract law, property law. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Like so specific. So how'd you go from like wanting to help the children and like the kid in juvie to wanting to like help this like conservation effort? Uh, Yeah. Conservation efforts. So I've always really liked recycling green, whatever. Um, in high school, I was, um, green club president (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> oh, so funny. And then in college, I interned at a company that turns um, non-recyclable plastic back into its original form um, as diesel fuel. So it was like you're not. I mean, like diesel fuel is not great for the air, but it's not. We're not putting it back into the like into the ground, burying it because there's only certain types of plastics that you can recycle. So it was like a whole process. So I got to be a part of that. And then, um, going through law. So shockingly, the law is not like law and order. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I had that preconceived notion cause I love law and order. I love all of these, cri- like all these crime shows, but it, obviously they're nothing like real life. And so 
I realized that I didn't want to do criminal law at all. Um, that's just not something I'm interested in. So I, the civil sector is like where I want to be at. And then as I, you know, was trying to figure out because in law school, you have core classes and then you get to take electives and all the, the electives that I, that my school has was really nothing that I really wanted, um, except for the environmental law, um, portion and, you know, the, like I'm taking an advanced advocacy class right now and uh, negotiation and tactics class. Um, so I'm into that kind of mediation negotiation type stuff and environmental, which you want to be a really good negotiator. So you don't have to go to trial because the goal is to not go to trial ever. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know nothing about law. So this is like very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I always thought it was like a law and order type thing too like all lawyers must be like in the courtroom or no i mean like the vast majority of lawyer, legal stuff takes or happens outside of the yeah it's like it's, it's like an obscenely low number like three to seven percent of cases actually ever go to trial oh wow yeah because like once it goes wow. to litigation it's so much more expensive okay. it's really expensive yeah so it's in the best interest of both parties to settle out settle, settle mm-hmm. out of court because usually when you go to court you have to hire experts and like all these things you have to mm-hmm. and an expert can cost like ten thousand dollars or whatever and it's just like it's, it's ridiculous but yeah so a lot of people like to settle out of court okay. yeah wow. yeah it was super crazy we just had um at work we had a case we we, we were going to sue somebody but then we settled it outside of court because like the next step was to take them to court. So okay. crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're both in school, you and your husband mm-hmm. and you've been in school for a while. And how much longer do you both have left? So I have about a year left. Okay. My goal is to walk next May mm-hmm. and then take a, like a class or two after like in the summer but mm-hmm. technically be graduated in May. So that's my goal right okay. now. And then my husband will be done in 2024 because he took um, two research years when, you know, like when I got like between his undergrad. Mm-hmm. No. So he, so he's actually in his second year of medical school. Okay. So he took two years off to do research in orthopedics. Uh, uh-huh. And then like Ava was born and, you know, I had really bad PPD and stuff. And so he, you know, has been really been helping me with that. Um, but he actually returns to school on Friday, this Friday. So. Okay. That's exciting. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. So how, what was the process like for you guys trying to decide when you were going to start your family and how are you going to go about it? Um, knowing that you both wanted to be in school for a longer period of time. Yeah. So it was really hard because it's not like medical school, law school, professional school is not like undergrad at all, where you can kind of just like float through and, you know, pretend like you're paying attention, look at Quizlet and get like a 4.0 in the <laughs> class, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of really hard work. And especially for my husband, because, you know, he has to do rotations and away rotations, So he'll be gone for however many weeks and I'll have to be here by myself and, you know, oh, things wow. like that. So it was really hard for us because, um, we wanted to start a family but we didn't want to pray about it because we didn't want to like, (laughs) you should start a family right now. So, you know, we were kind of like, yeah, Heavenly Father, tell us what you want. But then we were like, but don't Don't tell us. Yeah, Like like I'll ask, but I'm not really going to sit here and listen for an answer. Right. So we were like, Oh, um, we want to start a family. Um, but we're just going to close our ears for a while because yeah. we don't, we don't want to hear it. So, um, so the Christmas before co- like the huge, like COVID, mm-hmm. um, we were walking in temple square and both of us were like, it's time. <laughs> and, and how long have you been married at that point? <laughs> um, hold on. <laughs> um, so we've been married for 
a, a little more than a year at that point. Uh-huh. Um, so we just were like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get married. We're going <laughs> to get cracking at this. Yeah. Get pregnant. Um, and then I got pregnant <laughs> really fast. Um, and then, yeah. Cause I mean, Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. You talked about it, that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we found out like around Christmas time. I mean, me and Andrew found out that we were pregnant with Ammon yeah. and Ava's only a couple weeks behind. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> because like, you know, in the movies, it's like you get pregnant immediately. But Luke and I had like heard from so many people, like it's going to take a few weeks or a few months, like not a few, it's going to take a few months, you know, don't get your hopes up, whatever. And we were like, cool, <laughs> we'll just, you know, we have time. in May or something. And then like January, I was like, mm, I'm late. So, yeah. <laughs> Lord was like, ha. I was like, shoot. And then we were like, you know, God's playing with us. Like he, he told us so many times to start a family. And then here we are. So then I got pregnant really fast. And then in January, I found out that I was like, took a pregnancy test and, and everything. And then, so we were like, okay, well, this is just how it's going to be. Um, and then we were really, I mean, COVID obviously is not a blessing, but kind of was for us mm-hmm. uh, because most of my law school career has been online. So I was able to be pregnant um, mostly with online classes. So, and my pregnancy, I don't know if you've listened to, I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but in my podcast, I talk a lot about each trimester mm-hmm. and my, my pregnancy was really hard. Um, so I was really grateful that I could just be at home and uh-huh. miserable instead of having to be in front of all these people and be miserable, um, because attendance and my GPA are correlated. So if I miss X amount of classes, my GPA starts going down by 0.1. So it's like, I couldn't miss classes even if I wanted to. Um, and then for my husband, it's kind of weird because none of his um, lectures are required. So he could just never, he never had to really go. And then mm-hmm. he could listen to recorded lectures and be fine. And then, you know, he took his years off and he was able to just work from home. So it, we, there were a lot of blessings that we didn't realize were blessings until Ava was born. Um, and then um, I took a semester off because being a first time mom is really hard, <laughs> yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, especially being away from my family because nobody lives near me in Michigan. My nearest relative is my aunt and she, and she still lives three, four hours away. So it's not like I could be like, Hey, I need you to come and help me. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, can you make a weekend trip to come and help me? I'll wait for you for four hours. It, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had to make a lot of plans around Ava. Um, we actually now split up our time with her at nights so that some nights I have her after, cause she goes to daycare also, which has been very helpful. Um, but so, you know, like Luke would go pick her up from daycare and then I'd have her until like from six to eight, eight thirty, And then Luke would then take over again bathe her and put her to bed. And then we would switch like every other night so that we could all, we could get stuff done for school and Mm -hmm. for work. Um, so that's kind of, you know, what we've been doing and we're hoping when Luke gets matched for his residency that we will move closer to family because then, you know, my, because so Ava is the first grandkid on my parents' side. So Mm -hmm. they're obviously obsessed with her. Uh, not saying eager, that my, eager to babysit as much as as possible right right um and then my my in-laws they have um ava's the fourth grandchild so they're they very are very versed in you know grandkids and all that stuff and they're very excited every time we go to utah um they're all over ava as they should be because she's very cute but <laughs> um, man that's just like that must be crazy, like just the trading off. Because I'm just remembering our undergrad years. Yeah, uh, where that was hard. Like I was, we were, we were again. It was undergrad, not graduate school. But I was taking like 18 hours, and Emily was 
Well, you were double majoring, so you had a lot of like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I had like no elective classes. It was all, it was all required, like high level stuff. Mm-hmm. But then Emily was taking most semesters around eight to 10. Yeah. The and, last semester I was full time and we had had Ruth and Hiram. Yeah. Hiram and Ruth. And we so, were, I mean, that, I mean, we, we didn't go to graduate school, but still it was so hard. So I like kind of feel you're like having to yeah. balance and, um, it's hard. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> it was not like when I said under or um, graduate school is not like undergrad. I totally am not saying that what I was doing is harder than what other oh, people do no. in their right. undergrads. Cause I mean, going to school and having little kids is hard regardless of what type of school you're yeah. going to you know? Right. For sure. But yeah, it's just, it's insane. Like I, my, so my one of my really good friends, Jasmine, um, she had her daughter a couple of months before she had or before I had Ava. And um, we were just talking about how we can't even imagine what it would be like to be a single parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Without going to school, just in general, just to be a single parent. parent. Yeah. It just blows my mind. And there's so many women in my law school class that are single mothers. And it's like, it just blows my mind how amazing they are and like how they, you know, their kids love, know that they love them, but they still, you know, book in some of the classes and stuff. And it's just like, it's just like, good on you, Tiffany and Stephanie. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. How, uh, how do your classmates like have how, is this a correct question to say how do they feel about what your choices because I, I imagine it's not super common thing for people to intentionally like start a family ha- start a family in the middle of law school or is it a common thing yeah so a lot of people in law in well at least in my law school are mm-hmm. single meaning that they're not married mm-hmm. um and if they are married they ha- they don't have kids um, or if they are married, they're the non-traditional student and they're older, like in their thirties or forties where their kids are older and can sustain themselves type mm-hmm. thing. Right. Um, but like, I had a lot of people be like, even now are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I want a family before I turn 35. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where, Cause that was my biggest thing is I didn't want to be an older mom. Um, because I still, I didn't want to have, have a career and, and then have kids. I wanted to have kids and then my career, if I get there, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I, I never wanted my kids to feel like I chose my career over them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I, Luke, it, b- both of us wanted our kids to know, like, just because we're in school and just because we're doing this really hard thing doesn't mean that our family or that you guys are any less important. So that was a huge reason why we, I, well, for me, I shouldn't speak for Luke. That was a huge reason mm-hmm. why I was so adamant about starting a family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people were kind of rude about it when I, you know, announced that I was pregnant. Um, and so, but I've cut those people out of my life (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff, but you know, most people were very, very, um, supportive. And even now they're like, Hey, you know, I saw on Instagram that Ava's sick. Do you want my notes from class today? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so nice. So yeah. So it's really great. Um, most of the time, but yeah. Have any of those conversations led to conversations about your faith, which was, you know, a, a very central part of your decision to, to start a family? Yeah. So everyone at my school knows I'm LDS. I'm very open about it. Um, mm-hmm. And especially since as soon as people find out that I did my undergrad in Utah, they're like, oh, you're Mormon. And I'm like, correct. Yes. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job. Um, and I, I, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of conversations about, um, being LDS at school, um, there, and there was, um, in one of my classes, we were talking about a case 
that was from Utah. And one of the girls in my class was like, well, you know, those Mormons, they make crazy laws and blah, 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 like all this stuff. And before I could even say anything, someone was like, um, could you not talk about the Mormon religion like that? Like we have people in here that are Mormon. And I was was like, awesome. It's just the one, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, So, and I've never had anyone be like, well, I had one person (laughs) ask me questions and then said like, oh, I would never be Mormon. And I was like, that's fine. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Not here to convert anyone. I just want to get a law degree. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, you know, and a lot of people like are like, oh, and I still kind of feel like I'm in high school sometimes because we'll go and do something and they'll be like, Oh, well, Riley doesn't drink. So Riley, are you okay if we go and go to this part or like, or go to this casino or whatever? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you're not forcing me to do anything that I don't believe in. So it's fine. I can be there with you guys, but I'm just not going to be fully participating. And everyone's like, everyone has been like really, really nice about it. So that's been nice, but yeah, we talk a lot about, um, we talk a lot about that on my podcast as well. It's just like how um, I have such a close relationship with heavenly father and how, you know, everything that I've been doing since I left, well, that's not true, but ever since I, cause I was inactive for a couple of years. Um, and then I became active again and got married to the temple, you know, that whole story. Um, So ever since then, you know, everything is just about like, what, how can I make my house or my home and my family more Christ-centered? And that's, and that's another reason I didn't want to go into criminal law. I'm not saying that people that are LDS and are criminal lawyers are not spiritual. It's just something that I, I can't handle. And I wouldn't be able to bring, I think I would just be depressed all the time. Let yeah, that way. Yeah, <laughs> so, I would be too. It, it's definitely a dark world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Well, in oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, so in the beginning, when you were talking about how Heavenly Father was like trying to tell you to have a family, and you guys didn't want to hear or whatever, you know, um, do you feel like he gave you that prompting and you followed through, and then he left you hanging, or do you feel like, um, like he was there for you? every step of the way afterwards? Like, have you felt like he's been there to support you since making that decision? And in what ways? If so. All of your questions have a lot of questions attached to them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think it's just like, oh, I have this idea. So let's make no, a question. Like and it. then it's like five question marks <laughs> without or throughout. <laughs> like, uh. No, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, so I think that because I have grown so much in my relationship with Heavenly Father, I always knew that he was there. It was never like I felt abandoned. Um, but I um, got postpartum depression like my the second month of my pregnancy. Like it was really, really bad. <clears throat> so um I felt hopeless for a really long time. And when I, you know, when I tell people about like my story um, or about like my pregnancy, um, I felt a huge sense of dread my whole pregnancy. Um, I felt like something was going to happen to me or to my baby that was going to be irreversible, whether it be like death or, um, you know, like a huge medical complication or something like that. And so, um, I, you know, I was also really nervous to talk to my OB about it because I, I also felt like I was kind of being a crybaby and like, just like hormonal. So I, cause I've never been pregnant before. So I didn't really know what was hormones and what was actually depression or anxiety or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, thankfully I had like an amazing OB and I, I think God had a hand in that because, um, 
the OB that I have um, has delivered babies for a couple of the women in my branch. And so they recommended her. And one of our friends, his name's David, he actually works with um, my OB at the hospital. And so he put in a, in a word for me uh, with her because at the time she was no longer accepting my insurance and um, she made an exception for me so that um, her office would accept my insurance and mm-hmm. all stuff. Wow. Cause we're on like um, Medicaid because mm-hmm. we were poor <laughs> and <laughs> been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there, that was that. And then, um, my OB listened to everything that I had to say. She was never like, well, you know, all women feel that way. So just stick it out. It was like, okay, do you want to go on Zoloft? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? You know, do you need me to refer you to a, a, a psychiatrist? Like all this stuff. Like she was very, you know, upfront about everything, um, and really listen to all of my concerns. And that was something that I was really worried about because all the OBs that I've had previously have either told me that I was lying or told me to suck it up. So it was like, I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, as I went on, um, you know, I, I had like really, I don't know if I had mastitis, but it was like on the precipice of mastitis, um, in my, I think it was like my second and third trimesters. And that was really painful. And then I was nauseous all the time. So for those of us who are, those of our listeners who, you know, may or may not know what mastitis is. Can we explain what mastitis is? Do you not know I don't what mastitis is? Do you not know? No. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I do not have, you know, have you never had mastitis? Never Emily? Had oh, you're no. so lucky. I only know things about pregnancy that have happened to Emily. Yeah. So. Well, you know what, Emily, you're real lucky. So let me I, I am. I know you. <laughs> so mastitis. So I didn't have full on mastitis because mastitis is usually an infection that women get in their, in their, can I say boobs on this podcast? Yes. Okay. We had a whole episode about what's it called? Mastectomies. Right. Oh, mastectomies. Mastectomies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. We've talked about boobies so far. It's fine. Okay. Okay. I just, you know, cause my podcast is not spiritual. So (laughs) 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 So, yes. Um, So, um, it's when you get like an infection in your boobs and, um, most of the time you get an infection like in your nipples. And so mm-hmm. like, you can't breastfeed. Um, oh, we like, have talked about this. Yes, we have. Okay. Yeah. It, like, right. I, I, I should remember the term. I remember it's the like clogged ducts. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, ducts I, I remember this fever and you get really sick. I remember this thing. I should remember the name. Okay. okay. So, yeah, you're good. so now all of the men are. On, okay. On, on <laughs> We're all on the same page. I can be a little bit less formal and actually tell you what it makes me. Um, so I had that um, where like my whole body would shake because I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And um, like I just like for, and this is another reason I was really glad COVID happened because I couldn't even wear clothes. That's how much, how painful it was for me. So I like, obviously couldn't go to school without wearing clothes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and like, I tried so many things I tried, like they have like that nipple cream that you can use. That didn't help. My doctor prescribed me lidocaine cream that didn't help. Didn't do anything for me. So, you know, and then, so I just like, all these things kept happening. And I, you know, was always like, Heavenly Father, why is my pregnancy so hard? Because my mom's pregnancies weren't like this, like mine either. And so, you know, I was just like, why is this so hard? I don't understand. Am I doing something wrong? Am I not going to be a good mom? You know, like all of those irrational thoughts that you have as a as a pregnant mm-hmm. woman or a mom. Um, and I had so many instances where it was just like, no, you're going to be a great mom. Like just because your body's reacting this way doesn't mean you're going to be a bad mom. Um, right. that was something I really struggled with. And then when I had Ava I'll give a brief synopsis of what happened is she um, was born with um, a very high heart, uh, heart rate of 200 um, so well, she that's right. 
yeah. So she, um, so she was born, got to have her on my chest for a minute or so. They took her over to the little bassinet thing and they were like, Hey, so her heart rate's really high. So we have to take her into the nursery. Um, so we're doing that now. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they were like, so you can sleep. And I was like, that's great. So I'm going to do that. And then, um, and then I hemorrhaged really bad and then I had to go into surgery and everything. And so I didn't get to see Ava for like, I was in the hospital for a week and I, I had her on a Tuesday, I think Tuesday. And I didn't see her till Thursday night, um, at all. And cause I couldn't walk. I couldn't, you know, they can't wheel me in a hospital bed into the nursery. So I had to wait until I was mobile enough to go get into a wheelchair by myself. And then, um, you know, but then it was so special because the same friend, David, um, he got off of his rotations and he went home, showered, came back and, um, with Luke gave me a blessing of healing. And so like my whole, like, it was like my whole experience was a lot of, tugging and a lot of pulling because it was like, I'm really scared to be a mom. I think something really bad is going to happen. And then God blessed me with peace. And then it would go back and forth, back and forth. And then I got that blessing in the hospital and then everything obviously turned out fine. Cause here I am. And Ava came home with me and everything. So, but it was, it was really, it was definitely faith testing for me the whole time because I, yeah. I felt like something really bad was going to happen and it did, but like, we're fine. But it, yeah. But I really like, I mean, not that I like that this happened to you. That's not what I'm saying at all, but like, I think it's a great example. (laughs) It's a great example that like, just because he tells us to do something doesn't mean he's going to make it perfect the rest of the way. Just because he says like, okay, you're like, do this thing. And then we do it. Like our obedience doesn't guarantee that it's going to be easy. Right. Um, And it's doesn't also mean that he's gonna that if it's hard, he's gonna leave us to do it by ourselves. Like it will be hard, but he will be there. Right. So yeah. well, and something you said uh, reminded me <coughs> of uh, Elder David A. Bednar's talk from this past general conference, the one before I can't remember, um, but he was talking about how in scriptures you can't find the word test. Right. It never says like the Lord tests us. It says the Lord tries us and proves us. Um, and so I, I think, uh, and you've, you've basically said this with, while still using the word test, but like Elder Bednar would say like the Lord puts us in these situations and he's proving our faith. And so while it feels like taxing on our faith, that, that process of being, of having our faith taxed or proven, um, is not only like a test to show us where we're at, but it also strengthens our faith. Like you were saying, and I really like that. Yeah. I feel like I've been through the refiner's fire 50 times, <laughs> you yeah. know, through my pregnancy. And I mean, like obviously before and after I've been through mm-hmm. it a million times, I feel like, but through my pregnancy, it just was like almost every week I felt like, it was something different and something new that I had to go through. And then I would come out better, but then have to start the cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm. But it was something like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. My pregnancy that I had with, uh, you know, my pregnancy mm-hmm. and my delivery and all that stuff just made me one love God more, made me love my husband more. And then just be just so grateful for Ava, you know, like she right. is just like, and you guys know your kids are like the lights of your life and it, mm-hmm. you know, and Ava's one of, you know, Luke and Ava are the lights of my life. And it's like, I don't not saying that I wouldn't love her any less if I didn't go through that, but you know. Yeah. It, well, and, yeah. and I really like that this idea that the Lord is engaged in, um, he's not just wanting us to develop faith. He's not wanting, just wanting us to have faith in him, but he's engaged in the process of developing our faith. And faith is like the flavor of our faith is going to be very unique to each individual person. Right. So it's almost like, like if our faith could be 
you know, put into a book, like each little experience where our faith is tried is, you know, is a page or sometimes it's a whole chapter or a whole mm-hmm. like, like part of the book. Uh, but the Lord's engaged in writing the book of our faith with us. And then it has our own, our own flavor and our own feeling to it. And so it becomes really precious to us because uh, each page of this book of faith was hard fought. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, as we add more pages, those pages become more beautiful and more, uh, more inherently or intricately a part of us. Mm-hmm. And so we can't imagine, like we would never get rid of those, even though we would never have chosen those trials in the first place, just because they've become so much part of our faith that we would, if we were to get rid of those, um, those trials, we would be getting rid of like a, a, I don't know, like a, piece a, a spice us. or a, a yeah. aspect of the flavor of our, of our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned throughout my activity in the church is, you know, I felt like when I was younger, you know, the primary answers, like everyone needs to pray, everyone needs to pay tithing, everyone, blah, 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 you know, but as I've become an adult, it's like every single part of the gospel, even like the parts of the, of the gospel and the parts of the doctrine that I'm in with Luke, like my ceiling to him and, and everything, every single part of the church and part of the gospel is mine, like, and only mine is only my experience and only my testimony. Um, and of course, like Luke and I, and you guys share your testimonies with your kids because they can't form their own testimonies yet. Um, cause they're still learning, but mm-hmm. what they learn from us and then what we learn from each other, we take, um, the personal parts of it. And that's something that I have grown to love from this gospel and from, you know, everything, especially like every time I'm asked to give a talk, it's on the atonement. <laughs> so I don't know like if I'm just not using it right or like what. Um, I've learned so much about the atonement and just how it's not just for, you know, for sin it's literally for everything, even the happy moments, you know, it's not, it's the atonement's not about feeling bad and sorrow. It's about just, you know, having that relationship with Christ and that's it. Well, obviously, yep. but you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, um, that, that's the, the core yeah. aspect of it is the relationship with Christ and, right. and the changes that brings in our lives. Well, going back to what you're saying about like teaching our kids, are sharing our testament with our kids because they can't develop it yet. I've been thinking about this a lot because um, some people will say like, "Oh, well, you're just you're just brainwashing your kids, right?" Or like they'll look at religious groups that that teach their kids their beliefs and they'll say like, "Oh, it's just brainwashing." But the fact is, um, children are going to develop a structure through which they see the world. They're going to develop a narrative through which they interpret the world. I mean, that's inherent in the human experience that has to happen. Um, and so we can let the world depict or describe a narrative for our, for our children through which they can see the world, or we can help provide a narrative for them. Uh, and that narrative isn't enough to bring about salvation. Like we've been talking about, like they then have to go through life and fill in the pieces uh, just like you were talking about and making it, their own testimony and they have to figure out um you know they have to take these broad constructs that are found in the narrative that we develop for them that we give them and then they have to start filling in the lines and they have to start coloring the picture themselves and that process is a long process but it's so much easier uh, when you have that narrative to fill in as opposed to having to change an existing narrative Right. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I mean, like you look through any of our four works, you know, and, um, every time a family is mentioned, it's never like, oh, well, you know, Lehi prayed, but he, you know, left his kids to do whatever they wanted. You know, it was Lehi prayed and his son saw like, Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you're not going to teach your kids what you believe in, like, you know, deity wise or whatever, 
they still see you. They still see what you right. do. So it's not like you can completely just shut them out. I just, I think that the argument that people make about brainwashing kids or, you know, brainwashing anyone, they don't have kids themselves. And if they do, don't know how they're hiding who they are from their kids, you know? <laughs> right. So I just, you know, I, I find people like that silly. Yeah, I would agree. Nice about it. <laughs> well, I, I think our, our final question kind of really like leads into that really well, or that leads into our, our final question. Um, so what is one thing that you are doing in your home to make it more of an outpost of heaven? So Luke and I have really been at, if you did not guess, <laughs> I'm very sarcastic. <laughs> sometimes my sense of humor can be really biting, even though I don't mean it to. Um, and like I just said, you know, kids pick up on everything that you do, especially at a really young age. They're like, oh, well, you know, my parents swear, so I'm going to swear at the kids in kindergarten or whatever, because that's uh -huh. what they think is okay. Mm -hmm. um, and not shaming anyone that does not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but you know what I'm saying? And so, and Luke is very sarcastic. And so, um, we noticed as, um, you know, before we had Ava that we would get in little fights and I guess fights on like tiffs because, of the sarcasm that we were using with each other. And so mm -hmm. we had like a family council where we talked about how sarcasm has no place in our family when it comes to our kids, because when, if you make fun of your kids or if you do certain things with your kids, like that damages them. And I'm not a child psychologist. So like, I'm not like preaching or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's just something that we've decided. Um, to not have in our home. Like we can, we're sarcastic with each other, but we're net, we never are sarcastic with Ava or we never mock her or anything because we want her to know how unconditional our love is. Just like our love is our, our love from heavenly father is so unconditional. He never make, I mean, we don't, we can't see him. We don't know what kind <laughs> of, you know, conversations he has with other people, but he never shows us that he mocks us or that he makes fun of us or is mean or cutting or anything like that. And Luke and I really wanted to have that um, type of parenting in our home. We're going to start reading. I don't know if you guys have read the book, Christlike Parenting. Oh, we have not. So I don't know who it's by. My husband would know, but we're, we both have a copy of Christ like parenting and we're going to read it together. And that's, you know, just like it, it, it's, you know, not one of the primary answers like, Oh, we pray every night together. Oh, we, you know, do this, mm -hmm. we do that. It's, we are changing something about ourselves that is not very Christ-like to make our home more Christ-like internally instead of externally, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. so, totally. Yeah. That makes yes. absolute sense. So that's what we've been doing. And, you know, it's kind of silly because she's so young, but even though but it's can't getting into the habit. Stuff, yeah. A habit for you guys, for sure. Yeah. So. And the age really stinks up on you. It does. It goes by so fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Blech. No. Barf. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you have the podcast trials and trimesters. Can you talk a little bit about that for anybody who might be interested? Cause I love it. I listen to it and I really like it. Does it make you laugh? No, I'm just kidding. You have to it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not fishing for a compliment, but I am. <laughs> your favorite no, it's really funny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's really um, funny. And I like how real the three of you guys are. You're like super real and you laugh and it's very cute. It's very great. Even though I'm not a law student at all, but this is well, like really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, we, we try to, I mean, the first couple we tried or we are trying to make it so that it's for everyone because I've had a lot of people say like, well, I've listened to it, but I'm not a law student. Like you just said. And then mm -hmm. I was like, well, it's actually for everyone. It just, that's just a big part of our life right now. So that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about, but it's for everyone. So yeah. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of people that say that. So you're not alone.
I sometimes I wish that everyone could listen to our actual recordings because obviously <laughs> there's just so much in there that we have to cut out. <laughs> but like it's just anyway, it's great. Um, so so my podcast, like Emily said, is Trials and Trimesters, and it's three of us. It's me, Jess, and Jasmine, Jessica, Jasmine, and um. The three of us are in law school together. We all started at the same time. Um, And Jasmine found out she was pregnant in our first semester of law school. Um, So she had Sophia in May of last year. And then Jessica and I found out that we were pregnant a week apart. Um, And our kids are six days apart. Um, Turks and Elias is um, six days older than Ava. Um, so, and we, we come from very different backgrounds. Um, you know, I'm LDS and, you know, whatever comes with that. And then, um, Jess is a Navy brat and she is in, she's not in the national guard. I don't know why I confuse it every time she's in the armed forces still actively. Her husband is also, I think he's in the coast guard, I believe. I hope Jess doesn't listen to this now. (laughs) (laughs) She's told me a million times and I still, for some reason, can't remember. Is she like in the reserves or is she in, is she active duty? Yeah, she's in the reserves and her husband travels and saves people that are like drowning and boat. So Coast Guard, yeah. That's really intense. Yeah, he was just in Chicago for a couple weeks and had to say, like, he saves people all the time. It blows my mind. Wow. I don't understand how he's such a like chill person that has to like save people. And then um, our friend Jasmine is from Arizona, from Tucson. Um, And she's Mexican and her mom barely speaks English. So she, so we all have like this different perspective on life. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons that the three of us banded together because we all have such different life journeys that led up to the same point right now. Um, and so we just talk about, you know, law school, how much we hate it. (laughs) We're enjoying it. Um, talking about how, you know, being a new mom and, um, also being a law student, how hard that is. And then we talk about our lives. Um, we talk about literally everything that podcast has zero filter. So, (laughs) um, we, we just talk about everything. Um, and Jess actually just announced, um, that she's pregnant again. So she, um, is due in February. It's very exciting. Um, cause she actually just, um, not just, but a couple months ago had, um, a chemical pregnancy. So she had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And then she, now this pregnancy is healthy and viable and everything. So we're really excited for her. Good. Um, and that's really exciting. And then, you know, I am not pregnant again, but <laughs> <laughs> I still have Ava. So that's enough. Right yeah. <laughs> still have Ava. <laughs> still have Ava. She hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah. She still loves me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's just like really a podcast just about our lives and how we, are trying to navigate being a mom and also trying to go into a field that, um, expects a lot out of you, um, Mm -hmm. and is a male dominated field. Um, and how I saw this quote the other day where women are, it says women are expected to work like they're not a mom and be a mom. Like they don't have a career. And it's like how, you know, we talk about how we're not alone in wanting to have a career, but also really wanting to be moms and how it's okay to want both um, mm-hmm. and things like that. And we talk a lot about mental health because the three of us struggle with Well, you're health. like, yeah, you're yeah. like in the thick of new motherhood. So yeah. And so yes. like Jess and I both have PPD um, and then um, Jasmine had it for a little bit and she had postpartum anxiety. And so we just talk about that um, and stuff like that. So yeah. And we're really, well, I think... So, yeah, I think our listeners will really like to listen to. So, um, where can they find you guys at? We're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and then some platforms I've never heard of. So I don't even know them. Right. Probably, the platforms probably that, like, scrape everywhere, from those. Yeah. But yeah, 
yeah. then you're on Instagram too as the podcast, right? Yep. Trials and try at we're at trials and trimesters. Um, we have sweatshirts, mugs, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Shameless pu- plugs for our merch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. And um our listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed Riley and have been enjoying the podcast. And we just ask that if you are enjoying it, if you could share it on social media. Um, and leave us a review. That would be amazing. Uh, we really want to grow the podcast so that people like you can hear more about our guests' journey through applying the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we're doing it in our home. Um, so the more that you talk about it and share about it, then the more people can hear and benefit from it. So. And it makes me feel good. If you care about that. If you care about my feelings. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Bye. Keep faith. Bye.